0: Hello, FI Europeans, this is Matthias and today I interview Gustas, who is an entrepreneur from the Baltics in Lithuania. And he is the CEO of Evo Estate, which is a peer-to-peer lending aggregator. So think of it as the Mintos of real estate. With Evo Estate, you can now diversify across projects of 18 other deal providers like Bulk Estate, Brickstarter, Crowdestore, and Bergfirst, And it all starts with an investment amount of just 50 euros. You can not only invest in loans but also in rental property and you can buy real equity shares. In this episode, we talk about how EvoState makes life easier for investors, why you should trust them and how they are making their money. We talk about the platform economy within the peer-to-peer investing space and Gustav's entrepreneurial background starting at the age of just 12. If you choose to try EvoState after listening to the episode, you can also get a bonus of 15 euros after your first investment. For that, just head over to financial-independence.eu. You can also find this and all other mentioned links as usual in the show notes on our website welcome to the financial independence europe podcast where we interview people from all 44 european countries all of them about optimizing your life geo arbitrage and making the most of your money
1: this was your host Alvar, Erminta and matthias
0: welcome to another episode of the financial independence europe podcast today with me there is gustas hello gustas hi matthias and um, yeah, we want to talk a little bit more about uh, peer-to-peer lending, especially in the space of real estate. And Gustas, uh, Gustas created with her team members, created a new platform uh, that helped us to invest in real estate projects. And yeah, Gustav, can you tell us a little bit more about your platform? How does it work in general?
1: Yeah, sure. So Evo estate is real estate investments aggregator, or in other words, the platform of platforms, which basically means that we aggregate and source various peer-to-peer real estate platforms deal flow so when people sign up on our platform they can easily access investment opportunities from more than 20 countries and this way you can diversify through many geographies we have finance deals in over 10 countries uh, multiple types of deals and uh, it's all about diversification so you might wonder why is this aggregator relevant as a service so we're coming in this industry from an investor perspective, so we've been following it closely and been investing into these deals for maybe more than five years now, basically since the industry began in continental Europe. And uh, even if you look at like the biggest platforms, they're still very regional. So it makes it very hard to diversify because they basically provide deals from like three countries and all of the deals look exactly the same. So... If you would like to diversify, then you have to sign up multiple platforms and it can become really challenging, not only like the signing up process, but also, you know, like tax reporting at the end of the year, monitoring all the investments and sourcing
0: them. So you mentioned that you make it easy for people to um, invest in deals of different, I would say, than deal originators or different other platforms and they can diversify more. They they have more convenience as they have only a single sign-in. And they can also, at the end of the year, um, get a tax statement, which they otherwise would have to collect from twenty or 10, five yeah. platforms. And so it's 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 about the convenience and it's about more accessibility to to more deals and more the diversification in general, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And um, you mentioned that you're already in this in this field for five years. How did it all started? I mean, have you founded the company? When did you make your first investment, and why? Why did you build this?
1: So, we came across this uh, field when the state guru came up. So it was uh, an Estonian platform. We are from Baltic states, so and we were just uh, impressed by this model. Like uh, it's exactly you provide a loan for a financing, and you have a real estate collateral. So from that point, it really brought our attention because. Before, if you would like to invest in real estate or something related to it, first you have to have a lot of money. First place, it's really liquid, and also the taxes. So you can't just buy and flip properties. Of course, it depends on the countries, but you know it's it's a long-term investment. Whereas with real estate crowdfunding, you know the, the duration of the investment starts from six months.
0: So I'm also investing in Estate Guru. I also think it's a, it's a pretty cool platform. And it's, it's also around there for, for quite a while and the default rates are pretty low, uh, from my uh, perception in general, what, what features do you, do your platform, does your platform offer, um, how is it unique? For example, if you just yeah. go to estate guru, what added value do you offer for, for the people?
1: Yeah. So I think the, the, the most important thing is that like, if you compare us to estate guru, estate guru only offers uh, fixed interest loans with real estate collateral which is fine, and uh, it's a great investment opportunity, but the problem with that is that all these development loans, especially the early stages, in in times of recession, they will just default. It's inevitable. And every person who tells you that they want default, they're wrong. Another important aspect is that it's all very regional, so it's mainly Baltic states. They had a couple of deals in Spain, but it's Baltic states in Finland. So you're really exposed to one To still a very small market. And uh, if you compare it to us, we offer not only fixed interest loans, but we offer rental properties. So basically how it works is that you can invest for 50 euros and you get a share of an apartment, let's say a Airbnb in Spain. So then this apartment is being rented out through Airbnb and Booking.com and you begin getting rental income. So the returns might look small compared to some fixed interest loans because these rental properties have five, six percent returns annually. But we have to take into account that these projects cannot default. And even if we if we especially look at short term rentals. So if we look at the statistics, even in 2008, 2009 crisis, like tourism in Spain dropped about just 10 percent and all these rental properties are very price competitive. They're in the central parts of the city. So it makes it a very stable investment. And uh, one mistake that people do is that uh, they undermine the capital appreciation. So capital appreciation is the thing that when you buy a property, it gains value. Of course, sometimes it loses, but in the long term, it gains value. So you get this 5 to 6% annually from rental income. And then when the property is sold, within five years, you get additional Two to four percent annual interest rates from factor growth. So it makes your returns somewhere between eight and 11 percent, of course, depending on the property. But at the end, you have a much more stable investment because it's a cash flow investment. Uh, then, secondly, in addition to fixed interest loans and rental properties, we also have equity investments. So this is the highest risk, highest reward. Here, you know, you never invest more than you can afford to lose, but. It's still real estate and basically the way these instruments work is that like let's take an example of uh, this one some projects that we had, it's like auction products. So there are company won an auction in Spain and they buy a property 40, 50 percent below the market value. And there you're not lending the money, but you come in as a shareholder into the SPV that holds this property and then the property is sold. So the, the returns of course range how fast will this property sold. But because it's so below the market value, after all the fees, you still the returns range between 10 and thirty percent. And uh, for a retail investor to access these uh, higher returns investments, which are have a proper business business logic in them, it's quite hard. And I think this makes us truly unique that we give access to the full package. So we have fixed interest loans, equities and rental properties.
0: And um, what is the expected return for the equity investment?
1: So it all depends on the project. So, but usually they are above 12%, so 15, 16% annual returns. Of course, you should not forget that this is not fixed interest, so it can be lower, it can be higher, but with our previous investment experience, we we have multiple uh, equity deals, which have yielded above 20% annual returns. And uh, actually, you know, like uh, people can wonder, so, hey, how do I, how is it possible that someone can make like 20, 25% annual returns from this project? Well, the answer is simple. Let's take an example of a state guru. So let's say you give financing to a real estate developer for for 12%, right? So after a state guru fees and everything, he ends up paying like 16% annually, which is a lot. So if someone is willing to pay like 16% annual, uh, annual interest... It means that they are making much more from this project. And this is especially evident, like with small real estate developers, they make. In most of the cases, they make above 30%. So if you're a shareholder in this, uh, in this uh, project, you could get this yield.
0: Why don't they go to a bank and, and get a loan there?
1: So it's, it's a very good question. Well, the, the main reason is that these are very small companies. So the thing is that this is especially evident in Spain and Baltics is that after 2008-2009 crisis, uh, banks have like let's let's give an example of one very simple policy. They do not loan money to businesses which are younger than three years. And uh, with real estate, I think that in some projects, like if it's a good project, it's not so much dependent on the age of the company. But bank has this policy. Also, banks do not see a business in small loans. So anything like. If we talk about Baltic states, anything below 1 million euros, which has short duration, less than one year, in most of the cases is not relevant for the banks. Because when they're lending money, they also have to put up, they have to set up money aside for if the project defaults, And uh, the risk and the return for all the administrational costs, administrational fees for setting up this loan just doesn't make sense for them.
0: As they as they haven't digitalized their business and maybe probably have to do a lot of paperwork, um, maybe it's not worth doing it for them. Yeah, uh, maybe banks can invest with your platform later on <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, save themselves some some work. And um, I guess it will come. So I have read read in um, in the U.S. that they that they also invest uh, with some of the big lending companies. So the bank. Um, not doing, um, investing in lending club, I guess, and, um, save yourself some, some work and f- for the rental properties, so you have different, um, deal originators or you know, just yeah. different companies on your platform and for the rental properties, I guess you have some deal originators and then you have some for equity investment and, and some for the, for the other thing. Is it like that, that you have partners for each of these yeah. three investment types?
1: Yeah. Okay. So some, some of them overlap, but mostly they are specialized
0: in that field. Did you start as a loan originator yourself in earlier time? I've seen uh, on the list of loan deal originators that you are also listed there. Um, yeah. So you also develop some real estate projects?
1: No. So we, we don't develop the projects, but like the, the one thing that we want to work on and we want to provide uh, to our clients is the access to private real estate investment funds. So private real estate investment funds usually have uh, much higher quality projects uh, than most of the crowdfunding deals available online. But the problem with those deals is that they usually have really high minimum tickets for everyday investment. So we're talking something of at least 125,000 euros, which is is a price that not everyone is able to pay. So our vision is that we want to complement our existing deal flow with private real estate investment funds, where we take and buy one of these tickets, let's say 125,000 euros, and then people can invest from 50 euros. So we have financed one such deal uh, with the fund in uh, Spain. So usually they have minimum tickets of 50,000. With us, uh, people could invest from 50 euros and uh, it's a much higher return. than the historical returns of the fund is between 20 and 22 percent through all older track record not bad
0: what i've uh, recognized um, recently in germany there's a there's a crowd investing platform called orgs money and they started with retail investors they could invest in their in their loans but now they they shift to that they that they only focus on um, institutional in, investors because it's it's less work and they they have more money uh, don't you think you also move in this direction that you say, okay, why not having an insur- insurance company investing in our projects and we handle all the things? Wouldn't it be easier?
1: Well, it really depends. We are now actually fundraising from several institutional investors. And uh, I would say that, yes, sometimes the business is easier uh, when you have a couple of big clients. But I think what we're doing here with Ewo Estate is... It's more than just making this uh, big business and, you know, it's more about creating something that people could not have. Because we come, we developed U.S. states from a very big pain point because we we just wanted to diversify. And uh, it was really troubling uh, because some of the originators don't even allow foreign investors to invest. And I think uh, this, this is a strategy that we will continue working on because the one thing we already observed with um, crowdfunding sites is that some of them have private deals. So they have like their big clients, and they only send out the deal offers to those big clients. So they are already closing the doors on smaller clients. And I believe that with many originators, uh, with time, uh, the institutional investors will just take over the market. And uh, I think Evo Estate will be unique in that sense that we will have access to all of those uh, private deals, which are not uh, available to everyone on uh, partner platforms.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty good for many people that they have also um, access to, to these deals. And also if you if you see, for example, I, th- I guess Mintos uh, recently closed for British investors. And, um, I also think people from, I, I don't know, from Georgia, I don't know if they can invest with every real estate platform in, in, in Europe. If you offer people from some country, um, access to a deal where they couldn't invest otherwise, I think that's a strong, um, selling point. Um, especially also yeah. for people outside of Europe or at the edge.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's not only the, it, uh, you know, a lot of platforms are in local languages. So, like Spanish platforms. Uh, so, you know, to look into all those documents in Spanish can be troubling. This is also a thing with Germany. And uh, I would say that uh, it's not so much about particular countries where people cannot invest if they are residents. But uh, mostly in Spain, except one platform, people cannot invest in uh, Spanish outfunding sites if they do not have the NIE which is like a residency code yeah, if you are, if you live in Spain. And uh, similar to Germany, like if you sign up on some German platforms, like for us personally, it took like two months because you have to get like some of the documents postalized uh, which can be really hard.
0: And and how can you do that as a, as a foreign company? How can, can you do, can yeah. you invest in, in a German property?
1: So in Germany, we can. There's no restriction. We just have... In the KYC process, you have to provide like uh, documents from municipality, which are apostilled. So you know, like notaries and everything, just takes a lot of time. But when it comes to Spanish deals, uh, we are registered in the Spanish uh, authorities, uh, and we have obtained like s- s- similar things to MAE. Uh, but for our business, uh, like for legal entities, it's also a very hard process. We were working with lawyers for several months to obtain it. Uh, but now we have it and uh, we can provide uh, so, uh, these fix to our clients.
0: And uh, another thing is maybe also that you can help investors with their risk assessment. Um, normally on, on the, all these platforms, they have written a, a nice text and it sounds all pretty cool. At some websites, you only have like five minutes to, to invest because otherwise the deal is gone. Yeah. And um, I guess you also help provide some more transparency or add some yeah. more information on the risk.
1: Yeah, so basically I think that um, like one thing that really sets us apart from, from the rest of the industry is that we have skin in the game. So what does it mean? It means that uh, me and my partner, Odris, we invest at least a €1,000 uh, into each deal we select for skin in the game. So in other words uh we are sharing the risks with our clients because uh many of the platforms don't and uh we are ready to put our money on the line uh to show as a gesture that we do a proper due diligence on these deals because uh deal assessing for real estate is very unique like each deal is unique and you have to look at a lot of different things which is especially hard if you want to have a really diversified portfolio with multiple countries. Like Just just to give you a simple example, like if you're assessing a deal, let's say in a state guru in Baltics, and you see, okay, there is no building license, uh, development license has been granted. But uh, depending on the city, but in Baltics, that's generally not the biggest issue, especially depending on districts. Because the, the process isn't that hard, and... Uh, it's usually very quick, and there, most of the cases, there aren't any problems with uh, getting the license for development. But if you compare this to Spain, like let's say Barcelona and Madrid, then this is a this is a red flag. Like uh, you have to be very cautious about this. Uh, to think and assess, will the developer be able to repay the money
0: or complete the development in time? So so you have a look at the financials of the of the developer to see if they are financially strong enough to to really build things?
1: We, we look at everything. So usually we just, the, the main thing that we look at, especially with fixed interest loans, we look at the collateral. So we have a big advisory network in Spain, Germany, uh, Lithuania, Estonia, and Latvia. And there, what we always want to understand is the collateral strong enough? So is the value of the property right? So you also, you can think, so how can the property value be wrong if it's assessed by third-party valuation companies? Well, the answer is clear. Is It is simple. The real estate valuations, it's also it's a very tricky process, and it's mostly based on the transactions in a given area. And if you invest into new real estate developments, then there could be just simply no data to compare the property. So if we have a really old district and we're building a new development, the price be overvalued, undervalued. So we always want to make sure that the collateral where the people invest would be sufficient enough to
0: record the capital. Mm. So you you combi- combine market data and and expertise from from people who have local knowledge to see if if the pricing is c- is correct and if the uh, collateral they they offer is is true in valuation and, and you combine that with the data you get provided from the uh, deal originator and so on.
1: Yeah, we also have like uh, a lot of transactional data in Baltics. Uh, we have access to the most. Uh, the most up-to-date and accurate database of real estate transactions over three countries and uh, we also have the same for Spain but not as a whole country because this will be a lot of data but uh, for for the three main cities and some other areas of other cities so we're fortunate to have this data and uh, we combine everything the local knowledge and the hard data because in most of the cases data doesn't lie
0: not much, um, I guess. And so you you went to all these 18 deal originators, and they sent you a, a, a spreadsheet with with all their deals, or are you scraping it? And how how are you? How deep are you integrated with them technically?
1: It's a very good question. So uh, with some originators, we are fully integrated. So it's that the whole process is streamlined. So we get the projects through APIs when the investment made. It's all connected through APIs. And it's a very straightforward uh, process. But, uh, you know, when you have 18 originators and getting up, uh, getting them all integrated could be challenging. So there is a mix with some. We only integrate the investment process that, uh, you know, the data would be correct and that all the investments would be placed. Whereas we get uh, the project information by them either descended to us. Uh, we are not the biggest fans of scraping. Uh, but we, we receive this data from them directly.
0: Okay. And so you have different technologies to merge it into one aggregated list. And, um, w- when, when I hit the invest button, then you, you, somebody is collecting the information is creating a, a spreadsheet and sending it to the, to the deal originator. When once the deal is closed.
1: No, it works a little bit dif- different. So basically how it works is that when someone presses to invest on our platform. This amount is automatically reserved on the partner side. So it's one of these cases. Also, we have uh, options where it's just not possible to reserve. So from our company capital, uh, we have uh, capital on those platforms. And then when someone presses to invest, the investment is automatically placed on the other hand.
0: So kind of you invest first into the project with with your own capital and then you you resell it to your own uh, investors in the platform. Exactly. In some,
1: in some cases, yes. In some cases, yes. So where you know the deal just goes really fast. So mm-hmm. you know there there are some deals where where they get funded in an hour or two. So in those cases, yes. Uh, but in most of the cases, it's it works at the same time. So when someone presses to invest, the the integration automatically invests on the other platform.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So th- there's there's no reselling from our side. It just uh, if someone presses to invest, it's invested. If it's uh, nobody presses to invest,
0: it's not okay. Invest. So so it's directly also transmitted to the DL originator, and they they also um, have the transaction in their database, kind of. And um, you also offer an auto invest because I mean your un- unique selling point, One of, of them is uh, that you have the single sign on, and you if if somebody could just have one account and some auto invest with your uh, with your platform. It's a kind of easy setup and forget forget process. Do you also offer auto-invest or trading different portfolios?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have an to invest where you can create multiple strategies. So because it's the, the, there are so many deals from different countries, you can create a, a distinctive strategy for Spain, different from Baltics. Like, let's say, for a state guru, you can, you know, certain parameters, uh, parameters like for uh, LTV indexes and whatnot. But actually... Uh, from our personal experience is that uh, all our defaults uh, on other platforms as personal investments came from auto invest because the the auto invest was limited. So you, you could choose like just a couple of parameters and then to invest and our defaults came that way. So when we were developing this, we thought, okay, first of all, we have to make it this way that all the parameters are thought through so that people could be very accurate in their choices and most importantly we offer a 24-hour auto invest cancellation feature so basically if the investment was placed and you do not wish to keep this investment in 24 hours you can cancel it without any fees so it doesn't really so if you set it up and if you do not like the deal you just can give it back
0: in 24 hours So I kind of get an email. Look, uh, All Invest made an investment. You can click on the button in the email, and you can check it out, and you can cancel the deal within 24 hours, like that. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Then you can opt out and um, yeah, try to uh, minimize your risk and so on. And um, you also, I guess, you also offer reporting across all all the investments made, like pie charts or whatever. And you maybe also do you have also some something that where you can see. How much money or some, some liquidity that you see, how much money is uh, coming back uh, like in the next three months or something like that?
1: Yeah, so the interest payment schedule is like the next feature that we are working on. So this this should be up and running like in two or three weeks where you can plan on your cash flow. Well, uh, we didn't set it up initially because it, uh, at first we just thought it's, it's too complex to obtain all this data. And getting it all integrated from all the originators, uh, but now we see this as um, inevitable feature. Like we just cannot live without it, so we are develop we are developing it and should be up and running like a couple of weeks, hopefully.
0: Cool. So yeah, it's it's pretty good to see um, um, how much money you can you could withdraw maybe in uh, three months or in six months if you, for example, choose to buy a flat for yourself or something like that.
1: But, you know, it's also like uh, one very important thing is that uh, we have we can offer the liquidity. So we have a secondary market. So mm-hmm. investors, like uh, you say, you, you need to withdraw the money and uh, you want to exit early. No problem. So you, you can sell it on the secondary market. We do not charge any fees on the secondary market and uh, people can trade there. And, uh, and the one thing I observed that uh, the projects, uh, which... Do not have premiums, which means that they're not being sold more expensive than they were bought. Are usually executed within a couple of days, like fifty percent of them. So it's uh, it's a good way for people to actually even invest in exit early if they need to do so.
0: Yeah, pretty good. You can you can get get out of it <laughs> if you if you want um pretty fast and um so you have offer a secondary market where I can just um take a part of my portfolio and assign it to uh, and, and and sell it and I can also offer a discount to to sell faster and I can also choose to make it more expensive if I think uh, the deal is pretty good uh, for other people uh, on the secondary market I can also make try to make some money or trade a little bit yeah so you know, like
1: all these features, like automated mess and secondary market, we are we are building it so s- sophisticated because, in a sense, we are like investment geeks. So, uh, we are really into making these features as sophisticated as possible. And one another cool thing that we we hope to launch in a couple of months. Well, we, we plan to launch it this year. with uh, just. Uh, taking longer than anticipated is a margin trading. So we also want to offer for additional percentage a margin trading feature where if you come to secondary market and you have a, you see an investment, which you would really like uh, to invest, but you do not just have cash on your account, Uh, you can have 75% margin. So what it means that let's say you have a thousand euros worth of investments in your portfolio, you can, in secondary market, you can make buy additional investments for 75% of it, so for 750 euros, and uh, to buy it and then you settle your uh, investment, like this acquisition of this investment within three days. And this feature costs you like a percent or a couple, but this way you, you're sure you cannot you don't miss out on new investments.
0: That sounds pretty good. That's an uh, innovation I haven't heard about in, in this real estate space. It's uh,
1: this margin trading doesn't exist in crowdfunding. Not, none of the platforms do, but it's a very, very popular thing with the uh, stock stock trading and stock exchanges. Like most of the stock exchanges do that. And if you look at Robin Hood business model, this is where most of their revenue comes in.
0: Ah, okay. So you haven't
1: Not most, but a lot, a lot of it comes from there.
0: So you have an additional Opportunity also to make revenue. So um, what many people are interested, in, of course, is how can can we trust real uh, estate? and um, how is it aligned with, with with investors interest? And you mentioned also that you have skin in the game. So you kind of uh, prove that you're also staying behind uh, these projects with your own with your own capital. First of all, I would like to know a little bit about your your, your team, about the track record. Do you have very experienced people in your team? How many people are working? With you, do you have an office? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, so very good co- question. So uh, I would say that uh, our team, uh, well, in this industry, you have to be very uh, cautious about your expenses and managing the cash flow. So our team, we have four people working full time, and then we outsource most of our operations. So you know, we what we do in-house is that you know, the investment process and the development of the platform, but everything else is basically outsourced. But well, our team also consists of advisors and investors. So we are backed by two venture capital funds. Uh, one of which is Startup Wise Guys, uh, which is uh, the most experienced uh, B2B startups accelerator in Europe. Named number one's uh, venture capital fund of uh, Central Eastern Europe. 2019. These guys have backed also state Guru. So they have been Estate Gurus' first investors. Same as for us. So now we are doing. Uh, a program with them and Svetbank. So currently our office is in Swedbank uh, headquarters in Vilnius, Lithuania, in the 22nd floor. And uh, our, our experience is that uh, we come from technology and startup uh, and online businesses. Uh, me and my partner, we are two founding members. We have uh, exited. We have made three exits in total. Uh, we are also angel investors. We invest into companies like Revolut. Uh, I'm sure you know it. Uh, in like the first stage, which was private, uh, also companies like Enabo, Molecule, other 100 million euro startups. And uh, we, we know like all our team members, uh, like CTO, CEO, CIO. We know each other for multiple years. Uh, I would consider ourselves senior, and uh, our advisors and investors uh, which help us with real estate is, uh, we have Carlos from Spain uh, who has sold tens of millions euros worth of properties over the last couple of years, uh, which, helps, uh, which he helps seriously to analyze deals in Spain. We also have some real estate developer who help us understand not the financial logic of deals, but the developer interest and the business logic which goes beyond the numbers
0: Um that sounds to me that you have a pretty substantial track record in the team but also you get knowledge from from your investors not only money you have um also yeah investment knowledge yourself for, from angel investing and you also can access the knowledge you get at uh, sweat bank it's, it's an accelerator or what kind of program
1: yeah it's 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 like an accelerator But it's uh, different accelerators because it's a venture capital fund. And uh, this particular batch does not uh, focus on like early stage companies. So, you know, I think like half of the current batch, because it's usually a batch where it's 10 startups more or less. So this is one of the first of their batches where it's more, more or less like growth companies. So I think this, this, this particular batch is especially interesting and a lot of investment technology. So it's us, uh, there is interesting company called Investory, which does uh, startup uh, investor relation management. Uh, we are also there with Ondata. So if you'll be signing up and you'll have to do the KYC process, so you'll be using OnData. So it was a pretty nice uh, coincidence that we ended up here there, and uh, you know we we already work with each, each other inside the portfolio.
0: Pretty good. Um, I also um, researched a little bit recently about this KYC thing, and it's I think it's a good thing if you can outsource your your KYC process, and if you if you can digitalize it, because sometimes in Germany KYC takes to two weeks uh, f- at least for, for business customers uh, so it's uh, if you can be faster there it's uh, it's pretty good because you're, you're not losing uh, customers
1: yeah and uh, that's that's what makes Ondata special so before looking at uh, KYC providers uh, before choosing the right provider I was looking maybe to 10 of them and uh, Ondata was the first one who actually has all the process automatized so they use AI image recognition and in most of the cases with European passports, it works really fast. So it takes like two minutes to verify your identity, and uh, with us, uh, so the whole registration process on Evo Estate takes less than ten minutes if uh, if you go through automatic verification, uh, choosing on DATO.
0: So by by using uh, by implementing the KYC, which is um, which you have to do by regulation of the European Union, I guess. Um, you avoid that people can create an account and do money laundering and so on so you have to do it but it's not your core business but you kind of have to do it and um, yeah it's good to know that 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 is in place because this makes the platform also more secure and now maybe also uh, let's go to to the fees i guess you mentioned that you are planning to make money by um, by this uh, margin trading service and I also guess if a loan originator can place a, a deal on your platform, you get also a percentage of the interest rate or how does it work?
1: Oh, so basically, uh, to be very clear, we do not charge any additional fees to our clients. So our clients get exactly the same uh, investment terms as they would on the originator directly. In some cases, even better because with us, we do not have uh, tax withholding with mo- almost all of the uh, originators. And uh, we make money by uh, charging a commission to the originators, which uh, basically is you know a small percentage, and we get it because we invest larger amounts. It's it's not about coming to our platform, but if you are a big client, if you're an institutional, platforms always offer you a better interest rate. So we always uh, get this uh, small difference. And uh, if actually if you're cautious uh, with the spendings, like we are. It's it's more than plenty. So last last month uh, we actually reached uh, ca- we were cash flow positive, and uh, we expect to go in this direction uh, even further.
0: Sounds like a pretty stable company. Um, I guess you have a bright <laughs> a bright future uh, with no. your business model. You uh, know,
1: it's like uh, very smart. I would say like to be to, to be to be very frank with you, like uh, mm-hmm. that's why we want to implement this margin trading and. Mm-hmm. You know, on top of services, because uh, stable business model is SaaS, like Software as a Service, where people sign up and you get monthly payments. Mm-hmm. Whereas commission-based business, it's stable when it has a very large scale.
0: Yeah,
1: but uh, I would say that we are still have to move forward with uh, you know developing it and being uh, more stable. But that's why we raised this financing round. Where we are just putting a lot of money aside for various reasons. So w- one of the reason is that uh, people like also one, one of the questions people ask me. So what would happen if Evoa defaults? So what happens with my money and what do I do? The answer is uh,
0: because I'm not invested with you. Yeah, you are exactly. just um, so, kind of broker. I guess. Yeah,
1: we facilitate the transactions, but you you are you are the one who understands. But uh, whereas many people don't understand it, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, if we would default, uh, someone would have to facilitate those transactions on behalf of that of us. So with this financing round that we just did, we are putting aside ten thousand euros mm-hmm. just to show it that we care about this and we take it seriously that if we would default in such an unlikely scenario, the someone with this funds would make very expensive transfers to return the money to the beneficiary owners.
0: And you are not regulated as a bank, I guess. Is there any regulation for you or any compliance you have to comply with?
1: There's a lot of compliance that we have to do, but uh, the one thing we have to understand is that US state is uh, a unique business model. So what we are doing, there are no alternatives to compare with because there is crowdfunding, but the aggregator there isn't and the regulations which apply to crowdfunding platforms and to us are just completely different. And you can't just walk to the financial regulation, knock on the door and say, hey, I want you to license me and regulate me. You, you have to uh, you know, qualify for certain business model and et cetera. So unfortunately, those regulations, they do not apply to us. So we are working on the same model as estate guru or crowd estate work uh, in Estonia. So this model is that uh, you have to inform the regulator and give like the constant updates about uh, what you're doing and other procedures. Like, it works uh, different. You know. The, the relationship between the platform and the regulator is unique in all senses. But uh, we're actually working very hard at talking with uh, regulators in multiple countries to find a place where they could sh- uh, provide us a license which we could work on. Because now we are doing the hard work, we are uh, making the road for others because we're the first we go through the hardest path and uh, after when we create this infrastructure for others, we believe that the competition will
0: come very fast. Um, and what is smart about the business model is that the, the risk <laughs> that you don't have the <laughs> risk. The risk is with the loan generators and with the um, investors. Okay, you have your, your skin in the game, but in, but in the end, um, somehow the big risk is uh, with the others. And that's kind of these days the smartest business models. I mean, with Uber, they don't work pretty hard. <laughs> it's a driver <laughs> and um, so on. Yeah, so a really smart business model. Um, and um, some downsides. Uh, I have to. F- I have to. I've thought about uh, what's what's the problem with your product and your service. And I found that, uh, for example, if you invest in a in a normal house or a flat, you can you, you can uh, you have leverage because you can uh, yeah take a bank loan, and so you prove uh, improve the return of your own capital. Of course, you have more work. But you can, yeah, you have, you have to leverage and that's what you don't have with, um, with the uh, real estate, peer to peer investment, I guess.
1: Yeah. But I think we are talking about very different clients. I think people who, who do real estate investments and use leverage, I don't think they could be like big clients for us. Like, uh, they would invest probably in certain types of deals, but you know, using leverage and uh, buying properties. I would say that it's, it's, uh, it's, it could be more than a part-time job, even like, uh, if not like the full-time job. <clears throat> so you have to be very specialized in skill, how to do it. And in many cases, like, even if you use leverage, I know that in Germany, the interest rates are much lower, but uh, still like uh, what expected return you expect to, to obtain. You have to really assess that because uh, one thing is that you're putting a lot of money in a single basket. So that's a lot of risk when you think of it. And it's also a big obligation when you the bank loan, whereas crowdfunding, I would say it's, uh, uh, yes, you might not receive the same returns, but you're able to diversify. Because at the end, what the real estate crowdfunding is about, it's, it's about just diversifying and making as many investments as you can for a given amount of sum, not like concentrating a lot of money in a single project, because you never know what can happen. And uh, I think that investors, when they come to invest in real estate crowdfunding, should come to this uh, with uh, such mindset.
0: Mm. So you say some people, they really want to dig deep into this real estate business and maybe have to buy multiple homes or or tenant uh, houses to diversify. But the the casual investor who is not focused on real estate could have uh, exposure to real estate here without um, getting out and looking uh, for the years and, um, doing all the hard work, I guess, so exactly. just I've seen on the platform there, um, what I was thinking about what's the future of it, um, what you create with this platform isn't, if it's kind of efficient market right now, it's not so much efficient because you have to go all to these different, um, platforms or originators and you, you, maybe you can make a good deal. And what you do in maybe three or five years, you have an efficient market. It's automatically, they invest automatically. So I guess, like, I have the feeling with Mintos, the interest rates are getting lower and lower until they maybe 7% or, or something like that. What's your take on this? How does it develop um, if there are these platforms and more efficiency, transparency, and so on?
1: You know, I think uh, with Mintos, it's a very simple thing that uh, they have a very big demand lower supply, and that's how they adjust it. It's it's business, but the difference between us and Mintos is that uh, in most of the cases, Mintos can offer this lower interest because people wouldn't be able to reach those originators, let's say in Africa or Kazakhstan or wherever. But with us, it's not the case because our investors will always have the same terms as on the partner originator. So I don't think we'll be able to do this, but if we think about the roadmap, and uh, what we want to do is, I think uh, it was very hard for us to find a venture capital uh, investor that like we have now too, but it was very hard while talking with them to explain that this is not the industry where we want to go really fast and uh, grow too fast. What we're into here, we sacrifice the speed or the quality. It may not always look like this on the product. But it's all about the investment deals and what we're in for, because what a lot of retail clients don't understand what real estate crowdfunding, or or just general crowdfunding as a whole, where retail investors have access to those deals. In many cases, it's uh, it's driven by FOMO, like fear of missing out. And uh, what we're doing here, we always resist this feeling and some we have this philosophy that if we aren't sure we will just not do it and as we grow i believe that uh, we'll continue working on this and uh, trying to look for more of these high quality investment products especially the ones where we talk like private real estate investment funds
0: I also think you, you have to kind of be fast because otherwise the other platforms uh, will also copy your, your model. And so you, you, you kind of need these value added things like margin trading, like equity um, uh, stuff, because if you just combine the offers of, of the 18 platforms, it's it's easy. But uh, the value you add, then that's, that's what makes this difference. And what I also was thinking about is that all these different um, platforms right now, 18 or more, and they all built the this, this website where you can invest with them and they all have to build uh, um, the investment statement. The, the, they have all to build the same features. And I think, and what happened with Amazon is that people don't have their own online shops anymore. They just create something in, at Amazon FBA. So I could think of that Investio and all the others, they just remove the ability to invest at their own website somehow at a certain point and yeah. just, just um, distribute their deals to aggregators like you.
1: Absolutely. So that's, that's the grand vision. But uh, at this point we just have to take the small steps, walk to
0: it. What are your top three uh, future plans you, you plan in the next, like next one and a half years you want to implement or you want to achieve?
1: I think it's more about these private real estate investment funds. Like uh, these are the things which we want to do. And I think this is uh, I'm repeating myself already, but these deals are for me, I find them very aspiring because like that we aggregate, as you said, like you people can go and invest in those platforms, but providing private real estate investment funds is, is a different thing because these are the things that people typically couldn't buy. And uh, generally speaking, I think uh, it's, you know, maintaining our growth, uh, managing the risks and uh, improving the platform and uh, providing the best uh, investment experience as possible.
0: Do you also want to expand to uh, like other, I mean, you focus now on real estate. Do you also plan to make investments into normal startups um, available or not right now?
1: We don't want to switch uh, the industries. So we, we don't intend to start adding like business loans or startup investments or consumer credit. If you want to be very good at something, you have to do one thing. If you're doing a couple of things, then you lose focus and you aren't good at it anymore. And real estate as itself is it's a massive industry. So what we want to do when we believe that we have conquered the Europe, uh, I believe that uh, we will start working with different models, uh, different markets. So it might be North America, or it can be, uh, let's say, the Gulf or Asia. It's something, again, something very interesting because uh, finding and understanding those deals uh, for a retail investor can be challenging. Whereas uh, with us providing this all infrastructure and currency exchanges and easy-to-use process could be much easier.
0: Um, that's true. I, I've seen on, on Mintos that they also offer real estate investments. Do you have a little fear of Mintos copying your model and adding more and more uh, real estate investment opportunities? I wouldn't
1: say so. But even if if they would, I think that uh, in this in this regard, like competition in in such competition, the winner is the consumer. Like when so the deals. The the output of the deals that we could both provide would be higher in the quality, but I think that Mintos, uh, you know, the the the, the real estate uh, supply on their platform is is very small, and I, and I think it's very different model to what we do, because then again, like I think that, that the two things that makes us very unique in terms of deal flow is the rental properties and equity, because uh, loans are everywhere, it's it's nothing new, and more more or less they're simple. But if you want to have a, the, the fully diversified portfolio, you have to include equity and rental
0: properties. So you offer, you offer enough uh, unique selling points, uh, enough unique features compared to Mintos that they also not can and don't want to copy that fast. So um, pretty good. Yeah, I w- quickly want to finish. And um, as we are a financial independence podcast, as I understood from from your biography, you kind of um, already done with, <laughs> with your financial independence, or at least in a couple of years, because you built this business and you also have also invested in some some real good startups like Revolut kind of uh, on a good way. What would you say is um, what is the best for our audience to achieve financial independence? Would you say a real estate investment is really good or would you say they should maybe focus on building their own business because it has also leverage? What tips could you get, give our audience to to become financial independence?
1: Well, I think everyone has its own path and it's uh, there's no one perfect solution. But if you think like I will start Doing business and become financially independent. Well, this can take quite a long time. So you have to clearly understand what are you going for. But I think the the biggest thing about financial independence is your spendings. So and investments. So can you invest, diversify, and spend less than you earn? Then you're financially free. The model is quite basic, but a lot of people, even myself, uh, sometimes tend to forget that. And uh, at the end, the formula and the math is very simple.
0: So you, you, you have to find a way to, to make money, like um, being a, a leader in, in your company, founding a startup, build a real estate business that can make you some good cash flows. So you have to find a way to make money and don't spend it for uh, great cars and uh, yeah, trips and so on. So r- basic common sense, I would say. How did you, uh, I mean, you are now uh, in this um, entrepreneurship business, I would say, and how, yeah. what makes you different from the other people? What, why are you kind of having an edge in, in building businesses? How, how are you different? Have you better parents? Do you have more money? Um, do you have more knowledge? Do you have, uh, are you just the will to do it?
1: I think, I think it's, uh... Some of the things just come naturally to me. So I think, uh, you know, I've been doing business, I was 12 years old. So at first I was trading like uh, electronics. After that, I saw I had a bicycle business, uh, bicycle part business where I saw a massive problem in uh, in the market. And I was doing this like from 14 years to 16. And I was always very driven since, since I was uh, very young. I, I used to do it. So to, to, to get an understanding of this, I raised uh, venture capital funding at the age of 18. So that was my beginning of entrepreneurship. And uh, I was able to get financing from all of the top funds in Europe. So I think one was the determination and all the hard work and steps I took every day. Uh, second thing, I think it's about uh, the development, the, per- the personal development that I do is that, you know, it's uh, always learning, uh, always reading books, uh, and always talking to people because uh, people is the biggest asset that you can have. And from day one, when I wanted to even my previous business and why I emphasize in EVO Estate Advisors and the investors is that advisors, uh, people you know who have been doing the thing that you wanted to do or something related for 20, 30, 40 years, they can teach you more than. Any course or best consultants, also, especially if the interests are aligned and uh, equity is a great way to capture it. And I think uh, my advice to you, to anyone who's listening, is that if you want to start a business, don't care about 100% of the company or if you're starting to 50-50. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing is growing the big, big sustainable business, which makes you happy. And you feel fulfilled from it psychologically. And uh, to obtain it, sometimes you have to give up. And you know, giving a couple percent or even more percent to people who you believe that can bring you a lot of value is a price you always should pay and shouldn't be focused about the ownership.
0: So you 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 just give out uh, you onboard some some partners and knowledge and know how, and um, to make the pie even bigger and to grow your business even further and get the the missing. And uh, know how or money or whatever that you need to grow uh, the business to the vision you, you have or you want to, you want to be your business to be in the future. All right. So very interesting. And I guess it's also inspiring for many of our um, entrepreneurs in, in the audience. And uh, the one uh, last question would be from my side. Is there any resource like a podcast, like a book? like uh, a coach or anything you can recommend people that will help them become financial independence or invest better any tip
1: uh well personally uh, about just mindset and business and uh generally as a life i think the best resource is uh, naval podcast it's called nabal podcast this guy was a founder of angel Uh, venture capitalist invested in Uber, and he has these podcasts, which are usually three to five minutes. And in those three to five minutes, he says more than most of the people say in one or two hours. So it's uh, very concise, very precise, and it gives a lot of great advice. And then I think uh, if we talk about investments, there's there's a lot of great books, but I wouldn't undermine blogs But I think at the end of the day, it's, uh, again, like, I'm a strong believer in peer-to-peer sharing. Like, you know, I believe in peer-to-peer economy. I believe in peer-to-peer sharing. Uh, And peer-to-peer sharing is that if if you want to start something, you want want to learn, it's always, as I said, best to find people who are so much more ahead of you in that regard. And you might wonder, so how do I find these people? And uh, you don't know where to start. So there's always meetups every time, uh, no matter which city are you from and which country there's always some events happening where you can find like-minded people who, who you can develop relationships with and you could li- really learn and he could provide you the exact steps you want you to take to improve and even like social media like uh, if you see a person like on twitter or wherever where you admire his views you believe you could learn just just drop him a message like hey i would like to learn more about how you think and uh, how do you develop this and you just ask where where could I start? Where could you give me some uh, some of the tips? Where where should I start to read or listen, and how can I develop this?
0: I really like that hands-on approach because it's much faster to drop somebody a message um, that you, person you want to learn from than reading 20 books. <laughs> and uh, it's it's. Uh, I also tried this, and it's it's uh, it's much faster. And uh, also, I want to rem- remind our audience that we uh, run kind of uh, six meetups here in, in Berlin, in Düsseldorf, Cologne. Uh, Aachen, uh, Scotland, um, Edinburgh and in Ireland. So um, that would be also a good place to to connect with uh, other people in the audience. And we have a lot of experts in, uh, in our audience for very different things like marketing, like entrepreneurship, uh, industry stuff, AI and so on. So um, it's really good um, if you also connect with our audience. And um yeah that's um the interview and I would like to summarize a little bit so you you kind of Gustas, are disrupting the peer to peer industry on a very good way you provide more um transparency and convenience to investors and more advanced features and um also enable people outside of certain countries to to invest in countries they couldn't invest before and yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty good uh, platform. And uh, what I also want to offer and you, you also offered us t- to make the deal with our audience is that people can, if they want to check out your your website and your, your service, they can go to financial-independence.eu slash Estate. And if they make an investment, they can get 15 years directly after it. I will link it in the show notes and I will say thank you very much, Gustav, for the insights of the industry and your service. And have a nice day. Yeah. Thank you,
1: Matthias. Same from my side. Hey Matthias, do you think there are enough financial independence Facebook groups yet?
0: Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content.
1: Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddit, in Facebook groups, the Fight Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is, in the end, the main reason why we started the whole podcast project, to talk to guys like you, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and, like, hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook
0: group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something
1: new and enjoyed the show. You can support
0: us by doing this. Subscribing
1: to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review.